What I'd like to see is like, I'm, I'm trying to think this idea of like creating a culture of safety adaptation to what you want. Welcome to Al Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Al Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders, Marshall Baker, Mike Ritalik, and Brian Myers. Michael Pate, welcome to Owl Pellets. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we are so glad that you are here with us today. Michael, why don't you start off telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I, uh, I live out in Utah. I'm at Utah State University, uh, associate professor. Um, my area uh, discipline is agricultural systems technology. I got a PhD from Iowa State University in agriculture education. I was a high school teacher there in Arkansas for about three years. Um, taught some science classes as well. So uh, really like to uh, teach courses in welding, uh, compact power equipment, uh, and I teach a little bit in the graduate program, research methods and stats. You've got connections then with two of the five people, of the four other people on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, got my undergrad at the University of Arkansas. I'm a master's degree as well. Nice. Well, you've obviously then already experienced the better half of this podcast attendees. You can stop it. Okay. Very good. I, I was just impressed that, that Kate was able to do that math in her head that two of the four people was half. That's, that's well done. You did not see my fingers. <laughs> How do you know it was in my head? Well done. Well done. Michael Savis here. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, today we're going to talk about some work we did with uh, Dustin Perry out at Montana State University and Scott Smalley also at Iowa State University and Dr. Laver. We, uh, we're going to talk about the impacts of our professional development that we uh, hosted with teachers in Utah, Montana, and South Dakota. So we're going to look at the impacts on student learning and what kinds of things we can take away from a curriculum that we tried to incorporate to promote safety behaviors of students, uh, particularly working in agriculture. Very cool. Outstanding notes. Always, always good to talk about professional development and making sure to remember that the whole deal here is student learning from there. So yeah. give us, give us the big reveal. What was the big find here? What are the, the key ideas you guys came up with? Well, the key ideas I think we want to take away is that if, if teachers are going to be uh, uh, wor working towards uh, this student certification, now uh, just a little background on this is uh, the Department of Labor identified, I think, 11 hazardous tasks that uh, in agriculture uh, that people who are 16 and, or 16 and older can do, but people who are 15 and under uh, cannot do without a certain certification. Now there are two exemptions. Uh, one is for student learners where they might be doing something like uh, supervised ag experiences. And the other one is where a teacher or a uh, vocational ag teacher or a extension agent can train a 14 or 15 year old to operate tractors and machinery. So this is a, a very large and critical component in agriculture as we see uh, labor shortages. We see also the need to keep people engaged in production agriculture. Um, so we want to identify those hazardous tasks and help students be prepared for that type of work um, and under those types of regulations. So uh, 
uh, now I've kind of lost where my train of thought was going on that. You're doing great there. So I just think from here, I think it's so great to have this conversation with folks, both veteran teachers and new teachers alike to be thinking about these things because so much about having our students work in SAEs or even in the different uh, learning out outcomes that we have, we don't often specifically think about safety and, and the different regulations that go with that. And I think you guys have done a nice job here presenting it in a way that um, old veterans have to remember that they can't do it the same way that they did back when they were kids or the same way that their ag teachers or, or parents did it when they were on the farm and the new, the new folks can't be scared to death of this stuff. So I think it's great that your professional development really helped them uh, focus on this. Yeah. Uh, part of our professional development was to get teachers around this equipment. A lot of them, we, we introduced them to the first time about all the different controls and the different ways they, to operate the machinery. So we had a course, we, we helped teachers understand how to set up a obstacle course and how to teach students how to learn the, the controls. And the teachers thought that was a really uh, great way to spend their time. Um, we talked about the different color codes. You wouldn't think, but uh, tractor uh, tractors have specific color codes that, are, that meet a, uh, a consensus standard uh, set by the agricultural and biological engineers here in the United States. ASABE is a professional organization that sets those voluntary consensus standards so that you know we have a uniform slate when we go from one tractor to the next that we can understand like a green or a uh, orange knob, what that means and what that can control for the tractor. So it helps when, when you go from one piece of machinery to the next, they understand how to operate that piece of machinery or at least the concepts behind that. So. We want to make sure that they know how to safely operate that machinery. You talk about there real quick. You talk about how do we know just teaching students how to drive a tractor. And I'm not saying I ever, ever seen this actually happen at a high school or whatever else, but maybe, you know, teaching how to drive a tractor may be throwing the kid the, the keys and say, go get on the tractor and drive around it. So yeah. what, what, what's the best way that you would recommend for the folks listening here because some of us think, well, it's just driving a tractor. It can't be that hard. What are, what are some of the steps that these folks need to be thinking about if, when we're doing tractor operations with our students? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you would think that you look that big machinery behind me, that, that thing won't turn over or that thing won't, you know, that we won't have a problem with operating. It's just like a car, right? You know, so like a lot of the principles that we, you know, when you grew up driving a stick or you, you know, the clutch and things like that. So some concepts can kind of cross over a little bit but then there are elements about a piece of machinery we want uh, teachers to really stress to the students one is the risk of rollover we have a high center of gravity and understanding what uh, slope will do for a tractor and high center of gravity as well as if you have attachments such as a loader uh, if you raise that loader you raise the center of gravity which makes it unstable so those there's some physics principles that we can tag into here and get some stem uh, integration in here you don't really think about safety as a science but really safety is a science um, so uh, we could talk about forces and inertia um, we really want to stress like specifically how to get on and off a tractor I mean we don't want kids to break ankles so uh, three points of contact those types of thing uh, how to keep a, a an operator station clear so that you don't have a trip hazard um, those kinds of things so uh, we really want uh, teachers to kind of look at ways to you know help students understand the principles behind the things we do and what we encourage there's a question 
No, oh, I, I'm just telling the other folks that uh, when <laughs> that's our like secret hand motions for when somebody is talking, we're like, I'm going to be the next person. So we don't talk over one another. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, and then, and then the controls, uh, the thing I stressed earlier was the controls on, on how an op tractor operates. Now there are several specific color codes that ASABE has set and having students understand that as well as how they understand the, the physics behind backing a tractor with a piece of equipment. Now that's a big problem that a lot of students have is backing that equipment and understanding how you back a trailer, the serpentine, all that good stuff. That really will help students if they get out on the farm and they've got to move or maneuver that piece of equipment around the farmyard, they know how to back it. Uh, I, I suggest starting with like a pedal tractor and a little um, yard cart so students can get that concept they're low on the ground, it's very small, it's less hazardous, and, and then transition to the larger piece of equipment. We like to, we stress to the teachers that you start with like tabletop demonstrations, get the kids understanding the concept, then gradually increase the complexity, and then eventually get them to the, the actual piece of machinery. Because as you step it up, you're, you're scaffolding, and the, the concepts are continually transitioning to the next level of operation and then once you get get to that that actual piece of machinery things start to click for them well you talk about serpentine there we're, we're using that in florida that's how we outrun alligators you gotta, you gotta yeah. kind of serpentine back and forth and that way you don't get eaten by the alligator very good we're, we're good there all right um michael i'm curious i think all this you know and i think about it from my own standpoint uh, as a very novice tractor driver um when i was a high school student you would have been able to teach all of me this and I would have soaked it all up because I did not have any previous experience. But we have a lot of students in our ag classes where, um, you know, mom and dad maybe didn't teach me to, to do these things. And, you know, I mean, we've talked before on previous podcasts, I think Brian, you had said that like when you got a new tractor as a kid, the first thing to do was take off the ROPS. So, and I don't think that would be in, I see, I see Michael like, <laughs> Visibly <laughs> I said, I, said I, I know of somebody maybe who did that. I did not right. admit to anything. Your honor, I did not, I have no recollection. So, Michael, what do you do when, or do you talk at all with teachers or what do you recommend teachers do when students have this cognitive dissonance between what they've been taught at home for how to operate equipment and what you're teaching them? Yeah, I mean, that's a hard thing to do is to tackle that cultural, that social element in, in which we see a lot of folks uh, deal with. Um, this is the way we've done it. This is the way we, this is what works, you know. Um, what I'd like to see is like, I'm, I'm trying to think this idea of like creating a culture of safety with your program where you recognize students adaptation to what you want so like for instance like an SAE safety word is a, a thing we've tried to incorporate in Utah Montana and South Dakota where students are recognized for making those safety improvements and then connecting that back to okay here's some news articles like here's a real life thing so this person didn't use a ROPS or this person sat on as an extra writer I mean those are horrible stories to have to share but I get news feeds from Google uh, News that you know, all across the country, like kids are, are, it's, it's very hazardous to have a kid on a farm yard because it's a working industrialized type farm. I mean, 
we've changed so much with our technology. The machine's bigger, the, the machine's faster, the machine's more efficient. Uh, you have more blind spots. Like if you think about like skid steers, there's kids that are operating skid steers and, and, and their brothers or sisters are, are playing in the bucket. And so there's some, I mean, there's just a, I think pointing out, okay, how do you get, that's a, that's a big question for me too, even with adults is like, they've done it this way so many times. They've rolled the dice, right? They've rolled the dice and then there's nothing happening. So then they're playing that Russian roulette and then eventually there is something that's going to catch them. So it's just a matter of how much risk they're willing to take. But then I think we got to really stress that whole positive reinforcement of safety with utilizing those features of FFA, SAE, and changing that culture and then seeing their peers, seeing other things that are happening. I think it might help. You know, Michael, you've, you've talked a lot about the best practices and things that we should be doing and, and relating to those things, but I'm going to ask the question a little bit differently and, and, and maybe you've answered it, but uh, see if you can help us. What are some of the common missteps that you see that ag teachers are doing that we really need to kind of correct uh, when we're trying to teach uh, safety and, and focus on this area? Yeah, like examples of being modeling that behavior, things like uh, using your seatbelt, um, getting on and off the tractor. Uh, it, you wouldn't, Rick, you wouldn't realize it, but like they're taking note of how you are, how are you are doing it? So, um, that's the kinds of things I would, I would, even if it's just little bitty things like that, like way you get on and off the tractor, the way you operate, it, uh, will, will send a strong message to students as well. Kind of along those same lines. Um, you know, we've been, all of us on this call spend a lot of time out in schools. And so we've seen things and, Again, I'll have to, I feel like I'm, I'm the bad guy in all of this, but I might have seen a few, you know, tractors at schools that might not have all the safety equipment on it. And when you talk to folks about it, you know, they're, they're saying, well, there's no money, those are things. What kind of advice would you have with an ag teacher on the type of conversation they need to have with administration? Because in one sense, teachers are saying, I'm afraid to say anything because they may take, the, they may take it away from me and I need, the, I need the piece of equipment to do what I'm doing, and but they won't buy me a new one because it costs too much and they won't fix it. So how, how do they have that conversation with their administrator? Oh, that is a, that's a million dollar question. I mean, wow. Uh, that's a, uh, hmm. Without them taking it away. I know that's a big fear, but I think, I think if we can maybe tie connect it back to efficiency, uh, maybe connect it back to uh, community support. Uh, if we can show uh, the value that the community has in this type of concept, I think that if we want our students to be safe, we want to continue to have a community that's safe and, and people who are working in our community and even the sustainability of ag at the agricultural workforce, I think we gotta, we gotta communicate that message. I mean, if we don't have the people working in agriculture, then we have a breakdown in our food supply chain. I think you think, look at what's been happening with COVID-19. I mean, we have workers at each stage of the food production cycle where you have from production to processing to final product where we, we've got to really make sure that those people, are, those are key components. Those people are important. I think you've got to like make sure the stress it to the administrators that they're, these students are learning something and we want them to learn it the right way. So let's do it that way. Michael, you've done a lot of great work in this area. 
and uh, certainly appreciate it and it's highly valuable to uh, our profession. So what's kind of next on the list of uh, projects and areas that you're gonna be studying and sharing with us? Yeah, I'd like to, what we're looking at is as ways we can do this as a community-wide and just not just in the school-based system. I wanna see the school-based system expand out and then we start to see mentorship from older students into the 4-H and even to the younger groups. We see a lot of kids that are non-working youth being injured. How do we get those advocates, our students in the FFA program, to be out there in the community? I think that's our next step is to really establish some way to in incorporate this in a program of activities, get our community support, just much like our community service projects that we do with FFA. Uh, we need to like connect to the local community and then how that impacts non-working youth on farms. Because uh, we've been focused primarily on, on working youth this, this go around. We like to see it expand and go into the non-working youth. Uh, youth that maybe between, you know, eight and one. Yeah. Michael, this is fantastic. I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Talk about this great work. I know you've done a lot of great things, not, th not this, you have a long history of things and we really hope people engage with um, all the resources that are gonna be part of this podcast so they can in incorporate that into their, into their program and really be thinking about these safety factors and you've made it very accessible to folks to put in their program and really appreciate your work on doing this. So thanks for being with us today. Uh, thank you. Uh, just a little plug, there are some online resources and training, the National Safe Tractor Machinery Operations Program, as well as the Gearing Up out of Purdue. Uh, both those are really great for teachers to get a hold of. And there's also online training certificates through CareerSafe and eextension.org. So I encourage you to check those out, especially if you've got virtual education plans in the future. I think we all got virtual education plans in our future. So thanks a lot. I really appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Socialize with us by following Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can join the conversation by adding your thoughts in the comments and sharing the podcast with others. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you and we'll look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.